Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With a new podcast every day of the Premier League season, this is Football Social Daily. Welcome to Football Social Daily, the seven-day-a-week Premier League podcast from Sport Social. No other show will bring you a brand new episode on Premier League football every 24 hours because in the greatest league in the world, there's always something to say. And Steven Gerrard has had some interesting things to say to Tyro Mings, who was the Aston Villa captain, now he's not. And now he's not in the side either. Steven Gerrard suggesting that Mings needs to try and sort himself out a little bit if he's going to get back into the Villa starting lineup. What do we make of those comments? Well, we'll find out very shortly. As well as keeping an eye on the latest transfer news where, you guessed it, Chelsea are in and amongst it once again. Timo Werner could be on his way out of Stamford Bridge. A return to Leipzig after a €50 million Euro move just a couple of years ago. Chelsea only going to get £20 million back for him. And... Could their new face be Wesley Fofana, the Leicester City defender, just 21 years of age? Chelsea very keen on picking him up as one of their new signings for the summer. However, it won't come cheap. Some people are talking of a world record fee for a defender to try and sign Little Wes from the Foxes. All of that to come on today's episode of Football Social Daily. I'm Niall and joining me today we've got Matt Pidd. How are you doing, Matt? I'm alright, Niall. How are you? It's good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back, mate. Did you enjoy... Big Erling Haaland's debut the other day. I absolutely loved it, mate. Yeah, he, he looks... Um, he, he looks he the looks, real deal. He, he does look the real deal. A lot of people were questioning him after uh, missing an open net against Liverpool in the Community Shield. But uh, yeah, I think he shut everyone right up with that, that performance against West Ham. Yeah, definitely. agree with that. Nordic meat shield. And we've got our Cumbrian meat shield, Marley Anderson, with us oh. as well. How are <laughs> you doing, Marley? <laughs> oh, that's like one of the weirdest things I've ever been called. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. About, I don't know how I feel about that. I feel I feel a bit dirty after that. I think That's, I think uh, it's the word Cumbria doesn't do many favours, does? It? It's, well, if if you if you went to some of my my areas that I grew up around, you uh, you might be uh, might have a bit of an eye opening experience. But yeah, it's a weird one. Um, weird way to start a Tuesday morning. But never mind. I'll uh, I'll take it. I'll move on. <laughs> Can't be any weirder than that cash machine story you told on the podcast a few years ago. I mean, that was as weird as it gets. I think. 
that was yeah my my every time we go back to that rough area my my wife goes is this this is where that uh, cash machine thing happened didn't it and i was like yeah yeah that's the one you'll never forget this now (laughs) (laughs) if you're a long time listener to football social daily you might have an idea of what marley is on about if you're not and you're new around here we're not normally this weird i can promise you we're here to talk football every single day of the season premier league football that is and that's exactly what we'll do today we'll talk about tyrone mings in a second but just first a reminder you can follow our new twitter page at fsd pod and of course hit subscribe or follow on whichever platform you are listening to this podcast on and that way you won't miss a show time to talk Aston Villa Steven Gerrard has been pretty brutal in his assessment of defender Tyrone Mings the Aston Villa defender was stripped of the captaincy by Gerrard who then handed it to John McGinn and he said to Tyrone Mings that he'll only play when he looks me in the eye and shows me he's ready to play now this is a an interesting one because we hear a lot about Steven Gerrard and his mentality Matt as a player in particular he was brilliant to watch and a real leader but it seems that things have just started to turn a little bit sour between Steven Gerrard and Tyrone Mings. At least that's how I see it. I mean, if you're Tyrone Mings there, that's pretty damning stuff to listen to. I mean, that must be really hard for him to take. But, I mean, looking at the back of last season, um, they conceded 54 and finished 14th, which is something that Gerrard is going to improve on, and especially given the expectation of the Villa fans, you know, after getting the money and spending it from the sale of Jack Grealish. Um, according to certain sources, it's not the fact that, that Gerard doesn't fancy Mings as a captain, it's just the fact that he wants to take the pressure off him and let him concentrate on his football, which really doesn't make sense, because it's not as if Mings is a young and up-and-coming defender. He's 29, and he's got plenty of experience behind him, so it's obvious that Gerard just doesn't think he is capable of leading his Villa side right now, You know, which is fair enough, because Gerard's the gaffer, he knows what's best for his side and what isn't, and the fact that... Um, Gerard needs a top 10 finish this season you know that's minimum otherwise questions will be asked of him as a coach yeah he's, he's done well at Rangers but no disrespect to the league this is the Premier League you know it's much more challenging and you have much more pressure on you as a coach so Gerard's going to need to make these these big calls and these obviously these calls that are going to upset a few defender, uh, a few players in his team and Tyrone Mings is one of his best centre-halves and obviously he's not scared to uh to upset the apple cart a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, he got off to the worst possible start with the defeat against Bournemouth. I mean, he would have been looking for his players to, to show him what they're about already at such an early stage. But, yeah, he's got he's got some sorting out to do, Gerard. And, obviously, there's still time in the transfer window for him to um, to add some possible new faces to the squad. But, yeah, Mings really needs to, to show him what he's about now and show him his steal. This is quite interesting for me in general as a story, Marley, because, as Matt rightly points out, Aston Villa lost their opening game to Bournemouth at the weekend. They lost 2-0. And they've brought in a new defender over the summer, Diego Carlos, who I thought might be quite an interesting pick to possibly keep an eye on for signing of the season. He's certainly got that steal that Matt discusses there. As for Tyro Mings, he says, Stephen Gerrard, when he gets back to his consistent best, he'll get back in the team. I've, my argument would be, how can you play to a consistent level if you're not in the team in the first place? I mean, I, I guess he wants more in training. I suppose that's what he's trying to say. Yeah, uh, it's it's anyone's guess, really, isn't it? We don't we don't really know what uh, what's got. I think something's happened, doesn't it? Something something's happened behind the scenes to uh, to sort of create this situation because, like, even if you don't think Mings is the best defender, and I I don't think he's the best defender in the world by any by any stretch of the imagination. I think that's one of the obvious areas to improve Aston Villa. So it's regardless of that, I don't think he did that much wrong. Um, I don't think he'd done 
something that uh, that is sort of unforgivable. And and you know when when Gerard um, replaced him as as captain with John McGinn, I think Mings was straight out on social media saying, "Look, it, this is fine. It's it's the manager's choice." And I actually thought that was really really professional, and and I quite liked it. But there's obviously something else going on there. Well, do you know what it is, Marley? For me, Gerard has actually kind of let on that it was partly due to Ming's reaction to losing the captaincy, which has played a part in him being dropped from the first team. Now, Tyro Mings seemed like someone who took accountability for the fact that the managers made a change up in who's going to wear the armband. And he's held his hands up, as you say, and say, fair enough, the manager's the boss, he makes the decision, I'm okay with the choice that he's made. It seems to me that Stephen Gerrard wanted a little bit more of a bite back from Tyro Mings, a bit of a... Not an argument, I suppose, but he wanted Tyro Mings almost to stand up and go, no, what are you doing? You can't take the captaincy off of me. It feels like maybe that is what Steven Gerrard is trying to say when he refers to Mings' reaction to losing the captaincy. Well, if it if it is, then he's in a, he's in a total catch-22 situation, isn't he? Because you can't... I, there has to be more to this. There has to be something that's been said on the training ground or something that's, that's annoyed Gerrard because... If if that is true, like what we're what we've just sort of alluded to there, and he's annoyed that Mings was okay with the captaincy going, like what's his alternative? He can't kick off. He can't like go on Twitter and be like, "Look, I don't want. I'm gutted. You know, I I don't want uh, don't want anyone else to be captain, and you know, I'm I'm gonna cause a problem." Like, there's no alternative to what he did. You've got to be professional, and I don't know what. Gerard would want from this situation, so something must have happened behind the scenes where he's, where he's, uh, he's, he's disrespected him or something. Because if you look at Mings, look at look at Villa's centre back options. I don't think Mings is much better or worse than Esri Conser. I don't think there's much between them in terms of like ability. Um, and then Conser plays at the weekend. They get beat two 0 by Bournemouth. You're saying that that's a that could be a route back into the first team if everything was was going well at at, uh, at Villa, but it doesn't seem to be. And after a summer where they've spent uh, spent money and and acted pretty early in the transfer window, to then be usurped by this weird situation and have it hanging over the start of the season is totally counterproductive. Because you know they've signed um, Bubakar Camera on a free, they've signed Diego Carlos, they've got Coutinho on a proper um, long term permanent deal. And then the the they're battling with this behind the scenes politics of Mings versus Gerard, and it's it's threatening now to to sort of cast a cloud over the start of the season. So they need to sort it out quickly, really. What whatever happens, whether he gets sold or gets put back in the team, I feel like it uh, it needs to be sorted sooner rather than later. A former Aston Villa player and quite a prominent pundit, Matt Micah Richards, has said that Steven Gerrard has actually thrown Tyrone Mings under the bus. Is that a little bit too much, a little bit too harsh, perhaps? Is this all a bit of a storm in the teacup? Well, I mean, it's like what Marley was alluding to there. Like, we don't know what's gone on in the scenes. And it, it does seem rather unfair that he said it's because of the way he's reacted to being dropped from the captaincy that I've not, you know, sort of given it him back or given him a chance or dropped, and dropped him from the team. Like you said, he, he was in a catch-22 position. What's he going to do? Go into the training ground the next day and start flipping tables? Do you know what I mean? He's not going to do that. He's going to get his head down. He's going to take it on the chin. And I mean, like you said, John, John McGinn's been at Villa for a long time. He's one of their most experienced players. And 
it's not going to moan at the fact that he's been given the captaincy. So yeah, I think I think Mike Richards does have a, a little bit of a point there because it's sort of like he's just been hung out to dry. Maybe they, they could have just de- dealt with this internally, and rather than Gerard saying that it's because of the way he's reacted, he could have just said, "Well, it's just my choice, and I just think that John McGinn's better suited at this point in time to be captain rather than you know give a specific reason as to why he's done that." So I think Mings, yeah, I think I think he has been thrown under the bus a little bit, and I think he's got every right to be a little bit annoyed, but. That he's just got to get his head down now and just got to prove to to his boss that he's one of his most like valuable centre halves and he's got to help them to go on and have a better season than what they did last season. It's almost like a double blow, Marley, isn't it? A bit harsh to pull the captaincy off of him, but as you say, Mings seemed to understand the decision, but then to drop him from the team as well. You know, we can keep saying that something must have happened behind closed doors. To take the captaincy off someone is one thing and probably a little bit of a blow to Tyrone Mings's ego. But also to then drop out of the squad entirely and be an unused substitute in a 2-0 loss to a side who he used to play for and a side that have only just been promoted to the Premier League. It must be a difficult pill for Tyrone Mings to swallow, particularly in a World Cup year when he has been part of Gareth Southgate's thinking for England in the past. Yeah, well, um, he's he's got a genuine chance of, of going. Um, I think if he played every game from now until... November when the squad's announced I think he would have been in the squad because he's not done sort of too much wrong um, in his England career we know Southgate is, is pretty loyal to his players as well and there's not that many centre-backs coming through that that are really sort of challenging and sort of desperately need to be in the squad sort of thing um, so this is I mean he's going to be thinking of nothing else for the next three weeks and should I put in a transfer request and, and leave and, and try and go somewhere else quickly because once you fall out with a manager, it's not, especially after something so trivial. Like if this was me, like that, I'd be, I'd be looking at Gerard thinking, "Do you know what you're doing?" Because this is a, this is a bizarre situation. Like I haven't done anything to deserve this, and it's on your management and only your management that I'm out of the team and I'm not the captain anymore. It's your choice. So are you gonna win that over in the next three weeks? Because the transfer window shuts on the, I think it's the first of September. And, you know, Mings would be snapped up by somebody else. Bournemouth would probably have him back. Um, Fulham would, would maybe look at him. Um, the Everton would probably fancy him. Uh, there's there's plenty of clubs that, that would that would want to do a deal for him if it became available in these next three weeks. So he has to probably sit down with Gerard and say, look, what's 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 going on here? What's the, what's the problem? What do I need to do? Because, you know, you need to set it out in front of you before you sort of waste your chance to uh, to go to a World Cup, which is only ever going to be the the major tournament that Tyrone Mings goes to because he's not going to go to another World Cup at, at 33 years old. Um, and he's he'd be lucky to get in a Euro squad at, at 31, 32, and that next rolls around as well. Yeah, you're right. There's not exactly a great deal of time before Gareth Southgate picks a squad. The next international break is in mid-September, so about four weeks from now. Not a great deal of opportunity there for Tyrone Mings to try and stake a claim if he's not even in the Villa first team. Well, that's the latest when it comes to the goings-on at Villa Park. Steven Gerrard pulling no punches when it comes to the omission of Tyrone Mings at the weekend. We're going to talk about transfers next, though, on Football Social Daily. We said that Aston Villa might need some players in, but it's Chelsea that seems to be making waves in the window. And we'll discuss their latest possibilities next after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. 
This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk. This is Football Social Daily from Sport Social. Welcome back to the podcast. My name's Niall. I've got Marley Anderson and Matt Pidd alongside me. And we've got something new for the season. It's called Football Social Daily Shots. On yesterday's podcast, we spoke about Frankie de Jong and that crazy contract situation at Barcelona. Apparently, there's evidence of criminality, according to Barcelona. You can listen to that on the Football Social Daily main feed, but also on Football Social Daily Shots. It has its own feed. So if you want a little bite-sized show to keep you up to date with everything that's happening in the Premier League in between these big 45-minute podcasts on FSD, then that is the place to go. Time to talk transfers now, though, and lots of talk around Chelsea. Wesley Fofana, the Leicester defender, 21 years of age, a real promising talent, is really of interest to Chelsea, according to the latest newspaper reports. No doubt that he is a talented player. He obviously broke his leg this time last year, came back into the Leicester side towards the end of last season and looked as if he had never been away. Someone who really probably plays with a maturity beyond his years. I think we can all agree he's an exceptionally talented young defender. What do you think his value might be to Leicester City, Matt? It's not going to be a cheap option for Chelsea to try and prize away a 21-year-old who looks like he could really go right to the very top of the game. Yeah, exactly. And Leicester haven't spent money at all in the uh, transfer window this season. So they're going to want to hang on to as many players as they possibly can, unless... Obviously, Chelsea come in with a ridiculous offer, which, you know, judging by their reputation in the transfer market this season, is highly likely they, they will come in with a, a ridiculous offer that Leicester probably won't be able to turn down. And obviously, there's interest in James Madison from Marley's Boys Newcastle as well. So if they are going to get this money in, they're going to have to spend it because, I mean, at the start of the season, I was. I was I was worried about them and obviously they go 2-0 up against Brentford and I thought, well, yeah, maybe my, my worries aren't, you know, as worried as they should be and then they go and concede two daft goals and end up dropping the three points that they looked like they was going to get. So, 
he looked he looked quite he, he looked quite decent as well in the game for far. I think he hit the post in the game as well. Um, he, he looked solid. Obviously, like you said, he had a horrific injury at the, the start of last season, which obviously only limited him to seven times he played in the league last season. Um, he's got a big season ahead of him either way. Obviously, if he stays at Leicester, he's got a lot to prove. He can possibly be their their new Wesley Morgan, as it were. You know what I mean? Um, he can get them back to where they, they believe they should be, which is ch- challenging for European places. I think he only just finished in the top 10 last season. So he's he, ha- he has got a major value to them. But like I said, Chelsea are you know not scared of putting these kinds of ridiculous bids in for these players. And there's only so many times sort of Leicester can resist that. And if they really want to hang on to him, they're just going to have to, um, they're just going to basically just have to be patient, just wait to see what happens and see what Chelsea do. Yeah, I think that with what some of the Leicester supporters are saying on social media, Marley, there are a few that actually, although he did play all right at the weekend against Brentford, some suggested that his head seemed elsewhere and that maybe his head has been turned by this interest from Chelsea. I've seen other rumours in the newspapers claim that Leicester would have listened to offers in 2023 for Wesley Fofana, but that's still a year away and obviously he spent eight to ten months out with a broken leg. So even though he's shown that he's still capable of becoming an exceptional defender, it feels unlikely that Leicester are going to let him go for anything less than what his value is to them, which could be what some people are discussing, a world record fee. That's what they're going to want from Chelsea if they're going to sell him. Yeah, it's um, it's it's similar to what we were saying yesterday with, uh, with Brighton and Cucurella, and maybe they'll go, look, he's worth this, don't. Don't even ring us or email us with an offer if it doesn't hit X amount. <laughs> don't and fax che- us. We're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Chelsea, Chelsea are usually the suckers that go, oh, oh, yeah, okay, then we'll pay that. Um, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But you know, it's if he's if he's gonna go, I think, I think with all the sort of um, mood and and feeling around Leicester, if he left now, I think it'd be really damaging for them because there's there's questions over Madison. I don't think Madison will go. I think he'll stay, but there's questions over him. There's still questions over Tielemans. Um they've lost Kasper Schmeichel. There's there's a lot going on at Leicester and they've not signed anyone yet to to replace those players. Um so if you're looking at that and thinking, are you gonna sell Fafana? You know, one game into the season, um, you know, late in the day in the transfer window, are you gonna are you gonna really sort of give yourself that to deal with as well um because you know if if it if they do sell him for like 85 90 million whatever it may be you've still got to you know that that deal's going to drag on for at least a week or two it's going to they're always complicated deals these huge fees there's loads of add-ons there's loads of installments that need to be um like sorted and and sort of ironed out and then on top of that, you've got to go and buy a replacement because even though Leicester have got a few defenders, they struggled defensively last season with Johnny Evans is, you know, towards his mid thirties and he's picking up injuries uh, pretty pretty regularly. Soyuncu's nowhere near as, as good as he was in his debut season when he smashed it and was one of the best centre backs in the league. Um and then you've got you've got to you've got to go out and, and replace him basically. So Maybe they can go for Tyrone Mings at Villa. <laughs> maybe that's a uh, maybe that's a little route to to an instant replacement. But I I just think it it does more damage than it than it needs to if you sell him at this point. And I don't think he's that bothered about leaving either. I, I think if if you said, look, Wesley, will if you do well this season and we don't finish in Europe, we'll listen to bids for you next season. 
Um, I think everyone would be happy with that, to be honest. And don't think he's in any rush to to get out the door and, and go somewhere else because he's only 21, 22 years old. So plenty of time for him yet. The elephant in the room isn't actually an elephant. It's another small animal. Whose dog is that going absolutely is it ballistic that bloody in dog? the background? It's, it's <laughs> oh, me. Mate. I ain't got any dogs. It's, I'm blaming Marley. <laughs> it's me. It's uh, it's next door. It's a yappy one, that one. It's next door. They're, they're, they're looking after a... They're looking after a dog. He's about 12 weeks old, but he, he loves to bark. Jesus. I can tell. Maybe you've left your Newcastle shirt hanging on the washing line and he's seen something he doesn't like. <laughs> there is there is actually a Newcastle shirt on the washing line. Maybe it's that, yeah. <laughs> um, Just to continue on for Fana, I mean, we talked about him potentially having offers listened to in a year's time when he's another year older and more experienced. I mean, you'd argue that with Leicester having not signed anyone yet this summer, that they'll be too weak without him. Well, Leicester's Achilles heel last season was conceding from set pieces, and he's one of those players that you're going to want in the box and to obviously help you know, combat that. Um, they will have worked on that in the summer, I should imagine. I think Brendan Rodgers will have addressed that with, obviously, Wesley Fofana in his plans. And if, obviously, this is to happen and Chelsea do end up putting a bin and he does end up accepting. I mean, we've seen it with, with Chelsea in the past. It can be a bit of a graveyard, especially for like young talent. Like I mean, we've seen the amount of players that they're lowing out and it's absolutely ridiculous, like two pages long. But they're going to have to justify spending that kind of money on him by obviously playing him. Whether it works out or not will, will remain to be seen because obviously Chelsea are at a completely different level to Leicester. That's no disrespect to Leicester whatsoever. Chelsea are fighting for titles. Chelsea are going to be in the Champions League. They're going to be playing games, you know, two, three times a week. So obviously it's going to be a completely different world for Wesley Fofana. But he's a talented young boy and it depends on how he feels. If he feels like you were saying before about it, whether Leicester have a word with him and say, look, Wes, um, you can stay until the end of the season and we'll explore the options. And obviously if we don't do too well in the league, you've got every right to go and, you know, go elsewhere and go and seek European football because if that's what your dreams and aspirations are, then who are them to stop him? Um but yeah, I don't know what it is with Chelsea. Like this, this season, obviously they've had the, the the change in you know ownership with um, with Todd coming in, and it's it's almost as if they're just like it's just like monopoly money to Chelsea at the moment. It's just like oh, do you want sixty four for sixty two, sixty four million for Kukre? There you go. You want eighty million for Fafana? There you go. It's it's crazy, but it's just the way that they seem to be operating this season, and it has worked for them in the past. Obviously, just going splashing the cash, and I mean, like I said, he is a young and up and coming defender with a lot of talent and a lot of promise, but it'll just you'll, you'll just have to wait and see what happens. I've got no doubt in my mind if he does go to a bigger club, he will succeed. But is it going to be too much too soon for him? I personally, if if, if I was him, I'd stay at Leicester for another season and just like n- nail down, you know, my uh, my credentials to the Premier League again. And obviously, like I said, he missed out on a lot of games last season with an injury. So I think I think he kind of owes it to himself to just stay at Leicester and just. Get them back to where they want to be and then just see what happens after that. I'll tell you what is quite frightening from an Englishman's perspective is Wesley Fofana's young French defender, William Saliba, looked really good for Arsenal on Friday night. And these are two players that you'll probably see playing for France in the heart of defence in years to come. The French national team is just scary (laughs) the way they can pump out players. It's a joke. It's honestly, it's frightening. So those two players, I think, are certainly ones to watch, if not 
ones that are being watched already. Certainly Wesley Fofana being watched by Chelsea. But if Fofana does arrive at Stamford Bridge, someone else will be leaving and it looks like Timo Werner will be that man. He's having a medical for an RB Leipzig return today. They paid 50 million euros for him, Marley, a couple of years ago. They're going to get 20 million back as a minimum. Is it fair to say that it failed to work out for Werner at Chelsea? Yeah, I think so. Um, the latest in a long line of strikers to to join Chelsea and, and flop, really. Um, don't know what it is about Stamford Bridge. Is flop a fair word to use? Is that Are we going that far? Was Werner a flop? I think so. I think when you pay... I'd say so as well. When you pay £50 million for a, a striker and he scores... I don't know how many goals he scored for for, for Chelsea. What it, what his record is, but it's, it's no better than He's one. He's only in... scored twenty three and eighty nine. Ah, there you go. So, what's that? One in one in three and a half, something like that. So it's uh, it's not it's not enough for a, tri- a, a striker at Chelsea. Um, I think with with Tuchel coming in, that was his best chance. You know, a, a fellow sort of German manager and somebody who's uh, who's you know tried to stop him for years when when he was at Leipzig and, and Tuchel was at uh, was at Dortmund but it's uh, it's not really worked I think Tuchel's uh, tried to play him in different positions um tried to play him slightly deeper slightly wider not as the focal point of the center uh, like a focal point of the attack as a center forward battering ram type of thing tried to play him up front with Lukaku it nothing really worked um I do feel sorry for Werner because I feel like in in a different team, he could he could do really well. I think if if you're more direct and you put the ball in behind way more, I think he he scores you a lot of goals. But yeah, it's I playing think, to his strengths really, isn't it? That's what you're saying. Yeah, I think once once his confidence went early though, like once once he couldn't get used to how Chelsea played, and there was no really uh, there was no real sort of effort that I seen from Chelsea to try and play his way and to, to try and change for him. Um, I think that that was when his confidence went, and he. You know, he, he he said a few comments when he was away on international duty and stuff about how it was, how it was hard, and I don't think he had the the personality to roll his sleeves up and change his game and and uh, and and sort of play a more suitable style to the English Premier League. But it's just one of them players that slip through the net. He'll go back to Germany to Leipzig and he'll score an absolute shed load of goals. Um, and we'll all someone will be linked with him in January saying, "No, oh, should we try and bring him back?" Somebody might have a panic and. And try and bring him back, maybe, but it's uh, it's it's a shame for him to be fair. I mean, at Leipzig, I like called Christopher and Cuckoo, who's one of the most impressive sort of like central strikers in Europe right now. I think he got double figures in goals and assists last season, so he's going to go back there and obviously play with him. Obviously, if they're going to play a two up top, that's going to be frightening for a lot of you know um, teams in Germany. It'd be, it, I tell you what, I'm surprised that no one's put a bid in for him because I don't know if you've watched him, lads, but that like he is absolutely mustard, Christopher and Cuckoo. He scored a trick against us in Champions League last season. The thing is with Nkunku though, he's not—he's not even a centre forward. He's like a—he's no, he's like not, a number he's ten or a winger. <laughs> like, but he's—he's he's, he's another French lad that's you know not even in the in the France national team sort of thing. Well, he's around it, but yeah. it's, I mean, again, their their depth is is just scary. I mean, the Red Bull franchises, Salzburg, Leipzig. They often pump out these sorts of players on a regular basis. The production line is quite scary. It is literally a conveyor belt. One player leaves, another player comes in. You know, like Erling Haaland left Salzburg, Patson Dacker came in, scored loads of goals. Yep. Um, now Benjamin Sheshko has come through to replace Dacker, and now he looks like he's going to be moving to a big European club. Might well be Leipzig, well, actually. So, well, yeah, apparently Sesko's going to Leipzig next summer. So apparently the deal's yeah. done now and, and he's going next summer. So 
two years down the line, we're probably looking at Sesco to the Premier League or the next big club or Dortmund or someone for, for yeah. a daft fee, 65, mm. 70 million, something like that. I mean, talking of Werner, he did win the Champions League, in all fairness. Um, he was part of that squad that won the Champions League. And so to call him a flop, I think, is is probably on, I'd err on the side of caution and say it's probably more correct than it isn't. Um, in my opinion, but you know he he did win stuff with Chelsea. It's fair to say he's part of a side under Tuchel that got to finals. They lost the FA Cup final to Leicester. Um, did they lose another cup final last season? I think they did, didn't they? Twice to Liverpool, Liverpool. both yeah, of Liverpool. them, FA yeah. Cup and and League Cup. Yeah, it's fair to say that he was part of sides that did have a varying degree of success. It wasn't a complete failure for him there. I think one thing we mentioned about a year ago as well, after his first season in the Premier League, was that when you move to a club in a new country in the middle of a pandemic, which was when he moved, it can't be easy to settle in and settle into the culture. So I think that that probably played a part as well. Do you think we will see him back in the Premier League? I don't know. It depends how obviously well it goes for him over at Leipzig. But I think from a personal point of view, Niall, I think he'll be he'll be fuming about the way it's gone because obviously like we was talking about his numbers um ahead of his move to Chelsea. He scored ninety times and hundred and fifty sixteen for Leipzig. You compare that to his numbers at Chelsea, it's apples and oranges. So I think it from a personal point of view he'll he'll feel like he's sort of been a failure in that respect. Like you said though, he has been part of a team that has won multiple trophies, obviously a European Cup as well, which he will be happy with. But I think it's just from a personal point of view. I think he just expected a little bit more from himself. And I think um, obviously the people that watch the Premier League and obviously Chelsea fans in general would have expected a little bit more from him. Okay, well, Timo Werner looks like he's going to be leaving Chelsea to return back to RB Leipzig. One of the transfers we spoke about on yesterday's podcast is now being confirmed, by the way. Connor Cody has left Wolves to join Everton, albeit on a season-long loan. But some of the messaging coming out of Wolverhampton Wanderers made it sound like his time is done after seven seasons and more than 300 games. Some of the comments we've seen um, coming out of Wolves in relation to the deal, sounded to me like Everton are going to end up signing him on a permanent deal. But at the moment, it's just a season-long loan. Final one we're going to talk about on today's Football Social Daily because, of course, as it is August, there's going to be a lot of transfer news between now and the end of the month. And, of course, Premier League football is back to get stuck into too. Uh, Issa Diop, the West Ham defender, is going to sign for Fulham, according to the transfer expert on Twitter, Fabrizio Romano. 15 million quid it's going to cost. I remember Jim speaking about Issa Diop a couple of years ago, Marley, and saying that he's a lad with a lot of potential and he had a really good season, but that was two years ago and we haven't really seen much from him since. Yeah, I think he started off like a house on fire, didn't he? And he looked he looked very, very good. Yet another French centre-back who uh, who was had the sort of best years ahead of him. And I think at one point he was linked with uh, 50 million to Man United and I think that's... Uh, Probably something that West Ham are fuming they didn't do with the, the benefit of hindsight, but he's uh, he just didn't didn't kick on, did he? Um, it it was potential, then it was a little bit of a wobble. I don't know whether he got a bit comfortable, started believing his own hype or whatever, but it didn't really, it just hasn't really worked. I think he does need a fresh start now, and it makes sense to to go to Fulham, who 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 play decent football, and he can he can uh, sort of settle in there, and he doesn't have to move outside London, which is probably. Still a big, uh, a big pull for a, a young lad like him with, with plenty of uh, time to to settle into that club and and get to it and stuff. So, I think it's time for him to move on. I think if you look at the weekend, Zuma played at centre back. There's Dawson ahead of him as well. Uh, the new lad that Aged is is 
obviously injured, but he'll be ahead of him as well. And even Ben Johnson played centre back at the weekend rather than um, rather than Diop. I don't know whether he had a niggle or or a little bit injured or whatever it may be, but he's obviously on his way out, so it was a bit closer to uh, a bit closer to the door than than you might think. So. I think it's a decent move for him. I think a fresh start are doing well. Um, he's still got potential. He still just needs games to prove it, and I think he'll get them at Fulham. And you know the way they started the season, he's uh, he's he's in for a decent little spell. I had Fulham as one of my three teams to go down before we started the season. It's only been one game. Liverpool didn't play particularly well by Jurgen Klopp's own admission. They drew two two in their opening fixture with Fulham. Oh, on the Saturday lunchtime, oh, yeah, where the grass is like a beach um, down the, the banks of the Thames down at, at Craven Cottage. From what we've seen from Fulham in that opening fixture, is that enough to convince you that I was wrong in my predictions to put them in the bottom three, Matt? Or is it, I mean, it's still far too early to tell, but that will give them some confidence. Well, you'll see my prediction. My prediction will be coming up on Twitter soon, and I don't have Fulham in the bottom three. I have them to survive, um, purely because I was impressed with them last season. They came to the Etihad in the FA Cup, and they actually came and had a go at us, and actually went one nil up before City obviously kicked it into second, third gear, and everything went and smashed them four one. But I think they'll beat a lot of the teams around them this season if they continue to play football <laughs> the way they do. Um, Sorry, my my, I'm laughing because your premise on Fulham staying up is because they scored a goal against Manchester. No, 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 it's not. No, no, no. Not they just scored pure. past this, so they're hey, staying up. Hey, listen, boys, listen. It's not, it's not about... I'm just saying I was impressed with him when I went and watched them against us in the <laughs> FA Cup. Um, and I think... Isidiot would be a really good signing for him because he's he's going to bolster the defence. You know, you know. Let's be realistic. If they're going to survive this season, which I think they will, obviously because they're going to have no trouble going, you know, scoring at the other end. I think they're going to have to bolster the defence. I think that's what's going to keep them up. I think the home farm's going to keep them up. They went and played one of the best teams in Europe last season in Liverpool and went and you know matched them pretty much and he was unlucky not to win the game obviously Liverpool weren't at the best but you know teams aren't going to be at the best against them week in week out and if they can punish sides that aren't the best against them then I, I can't see why they won't go down I think I think, they're, I think they're going to be better than Southampton I think they're going to be better than you know likes of Brentford I think Brentford will go down and I think they're going to be better than Bournemouth I think they're going to be better than Forest so why wouldn't I think they're going to, going to stay up if that's the case you know what I mean I think I think they've got a good manager there Marco Silver who has the sort of right sort of the way of wanting to play and wanting to be progressive and not be pragmatic. I think that they're going to just need that little bit more steel in defence. And I think Kissy Diop at 15 mil, like I said, he's, he's only 25 years old. He has got a few years ahead of him. Yeah, I think that that would be an absolutely fantastic signing for Fulham. OK, well, Issa Diop is going to join Fulham from West Ham, 15 million quid. That's the latest transfer news and we'll have more for you on tomorrow's podcast, I'm sure, and throughout the rest of the week here on Football Social Daily. Hit subscribe and that way you won't miss an episode of the show again. You can also follow our new short form show, Football Social Daily Shots, on this feed or you can go and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Matt, Marley, good to have you. Good to be back seven days a week. Yeah, I'll try and uh, I'll try and shut that dog up for the rest of the uh, for the rest of the week. We should introduce the dog as a guest. In fact, I'll be disappointed if I don't Do hear I... it on the next podcast. His name's Rock. His name's Rocky, and he is uh, he is a feisty little uh, little sod. So he's he's got a very fitting name. Yeah, well, I would have gone and dropped a people's elbow on him if he had been barking that much when I was doing the podcast. So there we go. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hit subscribe. We'll catch you again tomorrow. Football's Social Daily. Find more great sport at sport-social.co.uk.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.